Welcome to What About Theater. This is Daryl Taylor Hazel. We are very lucky today to have our guest, all around performer and theatrical creator, Ray Buffer. Hi, Ray. How are you? Hi, I'm good, Daryl. It's so good to see you after so long apart. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we've worked together many, many years ago when he was just a young whippersnapper um, <laughs> in a musical called Smoke on the Mountain. And uh, it wasn't very long after that that he moved to California and started working there. So, Ray, I've got 12 questions for you. All right. If you don't mind. Of course. First of all, did you always want to be an entertainer? I think so. I don't know how succinct you want my answer to be, but. I think as a child, when I was in kindergarten, you know, I was a town crier in some kind of uh, church play um, saying, hear ye, hear ye, Caesar Augustus, ringing the bell. And I remember at the end of my speech, whatever that speech was, um, people clapped. And I remembered that. I stored that away. I have very, very few early memories as a child. But at the age of five, I remember storing that away in the back of my mind, like, oh, that was pleasant. I like I like people clapping for me. And then later on in uh, maybe elementary school, I started playing violin. Um, that led to me singing in choir and chorus in middle school, which then around eighth grade um, introduced me to this thing called musical theater. And um, I, I began acting, but also singing and acting at the same time. And when I got to high school, I went to a public high school, but there were four, you know, four years, nine, 10, 11, 12. Each year there was a musical. And um, each year I grew a little more, I learned a little more. And that's what kind of gave me the drive to, to go to college and major in musical theater. So I don't think I always knew I wanted to be an entertainer or a performer, but back when I was a little child and I played cowboy or I played Hulk in the streets or I played you know some other kind of role-playing game, I think secretly in the back of my mind, I realized I could be all those things by being an actor. Very nice. Well, you partially answered my second question. You're welcome. <laughs> Tell <laughs> us about some of the things you, that you have done after college. Ah, well, I mean, you know, it was kind of in tandem with college because I went to a, a smaller school in Florida called Florida Atlantic University in Boca Raton. And while there, I was introduced to Jan McCart and the Royal Palm Dinner Theater, which was this kind of pink flamingo Pepto-Bismol colored uh, dinner theater um, that had gone on for quite a few years. I, I became an EMC there, an equity member uh, membership candidate and began accruing my points while in school and uh, timed it out so that I, I, after I ended school, I was then able to fully join equity. Um, and I, I had some wonderful experiences at that dinner theater and um, I stayed in South Florida for a couple more years before then moving to Orlando and continuing working in regional theater, musical uh, dinner theater and uh, theme parks uh, with equity contracts. And the one place that I met you at, the Mark II Dinner Theater, um, you know, Mark Howard was, was, was an interesting person. Um, he, he, <laughs> he, he, had his, he had his wonderfully nice, generous side and he also had kind of a darker side that he showed in order to motivate people. And uh, when he was generous and kind, 
he would throw me a, a stage manager contract when I was between work or I didn't have uh, acting work or he didn't have a role for me in one of his shows. Um, so that kept me working sometimes, you know, all year long, I would go from working an acting contract for him and then stage managing two or three shows, then going back and doing an acting contract. So, um, which is wonderful experiences. Um, for, I don't, did that answer your question? Yes. Yes, yeah. it did. And, and everything you said was true. I loved working at the Mark II. There were times when I would, would uh, get out of the way, but right. I loved working there. <clears throat> out of all those things and the other things, what has been your most favorite thing you've done, either on stage or creatively? Because I know you're a writer, a director, a composer, a lyricist, any of those things. Yeah, it's hard. I mean... When you do a lot of things, it's hard to just pluck one and say, this is my favorite. I, I, I really do genuinely like all of them equally. And I mean, each, each life experience offers something unique. I mean, I can't just say this is my favorite, but I mean, I would say, you know, when I, when I hit 40, um, 40 years of age, I think at that time I was a, general manager for the Long Beach Opera out here in California. And after having worked marketing for the Laguna Playhouse prior to that, and, and you know, working behind the scenes at the, at the Long Beach Opera, um, I began to realize all these things I'm doing for other people's visions, other people's companies, I could do for my own. And so that's, that's when I created the Relevant Stage Theater Company in San Pedro. And I think... Although I, I'd hesitate to do it again today, I was at the right point in my life then, kind of rebuilding after uh, separating from my wife and deciding I, you know, I was going to be single for essentially the first time in my adult life. But I was at a point then where starting a company like that and you know, producing and directing shows and licensing shows and casting shows and you know, doing the day-to-day -day grind of, of directing and marketing the shows and, you know, being the box office and being there to do the public relations with the audience. That was a point in my life that it helped me personally grow. And it also uh, just opened my eyes to that whole back end of managing and producing a show. So I think that that period of time was very valuable for me. And I like to think that I, I did some really good productions and that um, the people that worked with me um, are still connected today and, you know, have benefited from that experience as well. That's one of the things I liked about producing is just bringing people together who have never worked together or known each other before. And then they end up having friendships that last a lifetime or, you know, last for a certain amount of time and then. 20 years later, they reconnect on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Do you have any least favorite things? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's always a drag when something falls through or, you know, you, you, have, a, you have a possibility of having to cancel a show because of financing. Um, I encountered that a few times uh, along the way, but... Um, Never did I have to cancel a show outright, but I came really close to having to do it. And I had to deal with all those feelings of like failure, you know, like uh, feeling like 
while I have to let the cast know that the show they've been rehearsing for for two and a half weeks, um, I wasn't able to pay the rights and now we're being shut down. We can't do the show. And, you know, just having to go through that range of emotion and figuring out how I'm going to do it and, you know, how I survive that emotionally. And, um, but again, it, fortunately, it never came to that. I had some, some almost spiritual experiences that kind of lifted me out of that that problem where the financing came through at the very last minute and uh, and the show did did go on after all um, but you know it's harrowing having to go through all of that all of that those feelings and um, I'm glad I didn't have to actually ever cancel a show I think there's a, a show theme right there you might want to start writing <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a big, I'm not a big writer. I'm not a creator in terms of like whole cloth, like putting words on paper and creating a show. I've never, never been very good at that. I mean, maybe later in life I might try it, but earlier in life when I tried writing, all of my stuff came out very, very um, pedantic, very, um, it sounds very aloof, very wordy, doesn't sound like real people talking. So I think if I ever write dialogue, I, I have a lot of work to do, but um, yeah, writing, uh, writing words have never been, uh, words alone have never been my strong suit. If it's a lyric for a song, that's different. I, I've got the rhyme scheme thing down. I can make things work in that regard um, and I can write music, but I just, in terms of like writing a book or something or, or writing a straight play, it's, uh, not ever quite yet been my thing what uh what was the biggest success with your company um biggest success well again i mean i, I kind of harken back to what what rewards me as a producer and i had um i had one friend who i met at uh who was a little boy during a production of the music man in at the royal palm dinner theater he was one of the band members um, back when I was I was playing one of the barbershop quartet in that production. So it was like, I don't know, circa 1996, um, who I hadn't talked to in years, but who uh, met an actress that I used a lot um, with that company. Um, and he, and he, he met her and ended up getting, uh, because he saw her in one of my productions and um, he ended up getting engaged. They're now married, they have a child. So I think of the legacy of just as a producer, how you bring people together. And I find, I find that to be a big success. I, I, I mean, someone else might say, oh yeah, well, we won this award, we won that award or so-and-so came and saw our production, but that's not, that's not the success that I measure. You said earlier that, uh, I'm not saying this word for word, but you said that some were better than others. What, uh, what did you learn from the ones that weren't so good? You, you mean productions? Yes. Not, not necessarily with your company, but in, in your career. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you learn from, from, you learn from the the not so good experiences. I mean, I think as an actor today, <laughs> I in fact I just saw this last night. If I'm looking through breakdowns of, of things I'm going to send a self tape in for, or things I'm going to audition for, 
if I see some major misspellings in, in the job listing, I avoid them because I know, or I see, <laughs> or I see that the one that the same person is producing, directing, casting, writing, you know, and, and then I see misspellings. I'm like, okay, well, this person's taken off more than they can chew. They probably have never produced anything before and they can't spell. So I, I'm not, I'm not even going to waste my time. So that's a page turner for me. You know, I, but I've learned to do that. Whereas, you know, before I would just throw myself out for everything and then someone, you know, out of the woodwork would just call me and say, Oh yeah, you want to be in my show? And I say, Oh yeah, okay, I'll do it. And then I go and I show up and it's like the wild frontier. It's like, nobody knows what they're doing. And so you do that a few times and you realize, okay, I need to be a little more particular in the things that I, I um, volunteer to do or that I, audition for to get paid for you know it's a it's I hate to say no I guess is is my issue and I, I need to get over that um I try to say yes to everyone and then now I'm getting to the point where I'm double and triple booked and I have to start re, you know figuring out that you know I've got to take a higher paying gig and be able to say no or replace me to the other things that I've taken on or just not take on multiple things at the same time interesting interesting does that sound familiar have you had that uh, oh yeah yes i did that i i don't do very much anymore i do a cabaret every now and then and that's about it um after the show at the stage door a lot of weird things happen has anybody ever given you an extreme compliment at the stage door or anywhere after the show um an extreme compliment i'm not yes. sure is, is that code for something is that no 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 just something that was just so so over exuberant uh -huh. about about you or your performance that it kind of made you step back a little i mean i think so i mean all they're all all different shapes and sizes of personalities out there um i've had um you know, I've had uh, people with special needs, especially, you know, when they, if they're dealing with autism or something and they just come up and they just jump on you, like, you know, they'll hug you or, yes. you know, you have those kinds of experiences and you just, you know, you, you realize what, what you're, what it is after a few seconds and, uh, and you deal with it accordingly. You know, um, um, I've had um, older patrons who say I remind them of their ex-husband or, you know, <laughs> you know, and they go into this whole long story about, you know, oh yes. And then back in 1940, something I did this and, you know, so, and, and then there's just people who just respect your work and they, they want to shake your hand or they want to take a picture or something. So, I mean, you get a full range of, of different things and you, I mean, they're all people. And, and you want them to be happy. You want them to come back and see another show. You're happy that they're happy. And I think that's what you share with them, you, that you're happy that they're happy. And that's the conversation. And so I think when things get off track and, and they want to stand there and tell me their life story, and I know I see other people who also I want to talk to and want to talk to me, then I just go back to that kind of mentality i'm happy that you're happy i'm so happy that you came out today i'm you know and kind of play it off that way and and they're usually very happy still <laughs> following up with that one 
Has anyone asked you, what is your day job? Um, oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> my of favorite. Course. Of course. Um, you know, no one has ever said, don't quit your day job. So I guess that's a good <laughs> <laughs> that's a good sign that's a good sign um, who um who yeah. are your most important people in your career the most influential um well i mean you know uh, other than mark howard yeah, I, I was just about to say, I mean, you know, you and I both know Mark Howard and he, he was there for an important part of my, my, my development. Um, I'd say Jan McCart, who recently passed away, um, she believed in me when I was young and saw something in me and, and, and told me that she saw those things in me. I, I remember on one occasion, um, a run of Oklahoma, I uh, understudied Judd Fry. And the actor playing Judd in that production had some conflict come up and missed a week. And so I had to go on. And I remember she said afterwards, and she sent me a card. I wish I still had it, but she just wrote on it. You are the quintessential Judd Fry. Thank you for what you did. And, and, you know, it just, it meant a lot to me. And that, and, and that, that was something that stood out in her mind over the actual person that was cast. So, um, so I would say she was an influence. I, early on, um, I had a, uh, my first music teacher was Tom Carlisle. Um, he's my teacher from when I began playing violin. I guess he was kind of a launch pad for me then going into other forms of music and going into, you know, choral singing. Um, he was there actually um, in a choir that I sang in in Palm Beach, Florida, at Bethesda by the Sea Church for a number of years. Um, so not only was he kind of a, a, a peer uh, or not a peer, but a, what do you call it? A, a role model um, when I was younger, but he kind of followed me as I got older and became an adult um, in different realms that I was working in. Um, and I would think in, in terms of celebrities, um, I gravitate towards uh, Christopher Reeve uh, because Superman the movie was a big thing for me as a nine-year-old going into the movie uh, theater to see. Um, and I followed his career. And actually, um, I think when I was 19, I went on a school trip with Palm Beach, what was then Palm Beach Junior College. Uh, we saw a bunch of um, Broadway shows. We had one free day. On my free day, I think I was the only one, yeah, I was the only one in my class who decided to go to the, to the Joseph Papp, the public theater. And I saw a Shakespeare production of The Winter's Tale, and it had Christopher Reeve, uh, Alfred Woodard, and Mandy Patinkin in the cast. And it was Shakespeare in the round. I was maybe 500 feet at most from them the whole time they performed. Um, afterwards, I got to shake his hand, tell him how much uh, his career meant to me. Um, so I, I think, you know, the path he took, the accident he had, the way he and his family still carried on after his accident, all just kind of helped me be motivated, you know, stay motivated and realize that no matter what kind of barriers you're hitting, you still have to look on the bright side and keep moving forward. 
Wonderful. I just have one more thing to wrap up. <clears throat> Excuse me. He got me choked up a little bit there. Aw. I want to give you a chance. We have about four minutes left. I want you to give me some of the things that you have coming up, either stage, film, creatively, doesn't matter. Well, I have a script that I need to learn for um, a thing in a couple of weeks where I'm flying to Montana for, I think it's a four-day shoot, um, for a show called Into the Wild Frontier. It's in its second season, and I don't have the network in front of me, but it's one of these four-letter networks that you can stream Westerns on. They stream, they stream a lot of John Wayne shows and classic um, reruns of Westerns, but they also have original programming. So I think Into the Wild Frontier is kind of like a, a docudrama where they interview people, and then they cut to live action sequences with dialogue. So I'm playing in an episode, I believe it's called Kit Carson. So it's a, it's a bio, biography of Kit Carson. I'm playing this French bully frontiersman who essentially hits on an Indian uh, squaw, I guess you would say, that Kit Carson is fond of and eventually engage, uh, gets engaged to. Um, but I hit on her and we have a little um, duel over her honor and, um, and I lose. And I, the question I think in history is whether Kit Carson killed my character or not. So in the script, I believe there's two endings, one where he has mercy on the French bully and one where he does not. So it'll be interesting uh, to go in and film. And there's some horseback <laughs> riding involved. And, you know, it'll be, a, a, I've never been to Montana. So I'm looking forward to seeing the country there. It's uh, beautiful. Yeah. It is beautiful. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, Ray, I want to thank you for being my first guest on What About Theater. And so far, I want you to know you're the best guest I have ever had. Oh, wow. On this or my other radio show. Oh, you answer questions that I had on my list before I ever <laughs> asked them. You're very intuitive. Anytime you get a chance to go see Ray Buffer on stage or in film or television, whatever he's doing, please do. This has been Daryl Taylor Hazel for What About Theater? <laughs>